Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. We're really excited about our guest today, but I wanted to start by telling you all about our newest offering, Girl Gang Craft Summer School. I know we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast episode, but it's here. She's finally here. So GGC Summer School, y'all, it's going to be really exciting. We have three dynamic classes for you. We have content class, an email marketing class, and brand partnerships. So you can choose to take one class or you can take all three, obviously, for the best value. So our content class is all about creating cohesive content and curating cohesive content. It has our whole system to create a streamlined, cohesive, and beautiful brand on social media. Um, We'll talk about hashtags, we'll talk about copy, content categories, and types of content. And then for our email marketing list, so what happens if Instagram dies tomorrow? What will you do? Do you have access to your followers? Do you have access to your community? If the answer is not really, then it's time for an email list, y'all. So, or maybe you have one and, you know, it could use some work. You want to reach more people. So, This class is all about growing your email list, serving your email list, creating automations and funnels, and also like trying to figure out how to get people to sign up for your email list, right? What are you offering them? If you tell people like, oh, follow me for, you know, sign up for my email list because I'll continue to give updates. That's not very interesting, right? How often do you do that, right? So it's very important to offer something. And we'll talk all about that in the email marketing class. And then Our newest class on a roster is uh, this brand partnership class. So this is really exciting. This is all about working with bigger brands, big companies like Adobe, Flowdesk, right? Some of these companies that you hear on our podcast, Uh, we'll talk about affiliate marketing. And y'all, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be a huge brand to work with these companies. You don't have to have a certain follower account. You just have to go for it. So we'll tell you all about our system on how to cultivate these relationships, how to pitch these brands, and then also what to offer them. So these classes are really exciting. Each class is $57, but if you take all three, it's only $125. So that's a $171 value. Yeah. So are you ready to elevate your brand this summer? Join us. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash summer school. And these classes are all at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Thursday evening. So if you can't make that time for any reason, it's totally okay. We're going to send you the recorded class afterwards. We do suggest attending the live class because it's really fun. I'll be there answering your questions. And it's a fun environment to be in on something with everyone else at the same time. We're really excited for this. Again, go to girlgangcraft.com slash summer school and I'll see you there. 
Hello, everyone. Really excited for our guest today. We have a Taylor J from the Taylor J collection. She's a good friend of mine. She's a fellow Virgo. She's been, she's spoken at their Girl Gang Craft Small Biz Summit. Um, really excited to have her on. Taylor J is the vision and pulse behind her company. She's a Bay Area native and she's worked in the fashion industry for over 12 years. As a high school graduate and aspiring stylist, Taylor moved to LA where she studied fashion merchandising at the California School of Fashion Design. And it's sunny Los Angeles that Taylor opened her first boutique at the age of 23. Inspired by her own journey and body challenges, Taylor created her first collection, the Taylor J Collection, which impressed local customers and boosted demand, encouraging Taylor to open a second location. Taylor then moved back to Oakland now home to the Taylor J Fashion Atelier. Taylor J is more than just a fashion entrepreneur. Tough challenges early in her life only fueled Taylor's pursuit of her fashion dreams. She has not only become a role model for her daughter, but for many Black women entrepreneurs on the rise. She is often featured as a panelist to share her story and perspective. She hopes that her experience and designs can inspire other women to walk confidently and comfortably towards their dreams. In her words, she will continue to design beautiful clothing that lasts a lifetime and makes every woman feel and look amazing. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Let's start today by telling us a little bit about how Taylor J came to be. I guess that bio had a little bit, but let's let's get into the little more of the nitty gritty What was it like opening up that first store? How did you get into designing? Tell us more. Sure. Well, as you briefly explained, my start in retail was opening my first shop in SoCal. And for myself personally, my body had went through a pretty, I changed like really quickly. I went from being like a size two to a 12 within like six months. And so just experiencing that change from my personal body, I thought to myself, What can I make for women that works for all women throughout their different changes in their own bodies, like their journey, their body journey? And so that is when I came up with a dress called the Very Long, which is basically like the mom of most of our pieces now. It's the Dolman style dress. And so I I briefly played around with that dress. And when I opened up a store in Northern California, I would wear the sample pieces that I made, which was just a few. And then I would have the, the summer dresses, which is the very long in the summer. And I would sell them in the store whenever I could find someone to, to sew them for me. And so what I learned was the customers were always coming back, talking to me about the dresses that they bought that were the Taylor J pieces, not the other pieces that I was buying, like from wholesalers, but the pieces that were my design. So in 2014, I decided to just take a chance and try to do different pop-up shows and different festivals. And the first festival I did, I think I sold about 200 dresses that summer. And I just said, oh, wow, this is something I should be really trying to get into. (laughs) These dresses are moving pretty quickly. So that is basically what gave me the confidence to focus on Taylor J. In 2015, I just, I retired from the boutique world and I ventured out, worked under mentors and learned more about fashion design. Of course, I'm a self-taught designer. So it was always a learning curve for me for every situation, but it was always very organic because I had customer relationships and I, my background was me selling clothing to women. So I, I already knew what women 
pretty much would like and what would work for their body types. And so I just pretty much had to learn how to make that a brand. And that is how Taylor J Collection was born. Amazing. And were you like into fashion when you were younger, into sewing? Or what was that process like? No, I'm not really into sewing. Um, like people are surprised <laughs> when they hear that. I'm like, no, I'm not sewing anything. I respect people that sewing is definitely a gifted craft. And it's for people like you have to have a passion for it. I love to cut. Like I'm into cutting. I still cut samples and pieces. My, you know, I'll, I'll tweak my patterns myself and I'll cut them and I'll do all that stuff. But no. So the answer to your question, when I was younger, I was really into vintage stuff. I had this love for just pieces that were dated. I loved to raid closets from my aunts or friends, just older women that had interesting wardrobes. And so that was basically my first love for fashion was falling in love with dated pieces, the stories behind the pieces, people that wore them before me. And it just was like this love I had for for dated clothing. And I thought I was going to open up a vintage shop originally. That was my dream. It was like, oh, I'll open up a vintage shop. And of course it changed, but I was always focused on finding pieces that were a little unique and not so trendy. So that's always been my personal passion was like finding pieces that have their own story and they're, and they're dated. Like they don't, you know, they're not, they, they're timeless. You can wear them no matter what. And then, so growing up, that was, I think the way I expressed myself, I, I was really petite and I was really insecure about how small I was. And I think that I found confidence in vintage pieces. They just made me feel really powerful and good and different. So that was my first intro. And then I, I did a little styling and things of like that when I was in LA. I love that. I also love vintage. And when I think of vintage, for some reason, I don't think of like simple pieces. I think of like really loud pieces. Right. So I think that's really an interesting dichotomy between your current design aesthetic. Yes, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) it is interesting. (laughs) But I still I love I love I, I collect like coats and jackets. So I will go to thrifting and buy them, even though I never wear them. Love that. I really miss thrifting right now. With shelter in place, I'm missing the thrifting world. (laughs) I know. Me too. There's some good lives right now, though. I'll send you a couple. I know a few people have great vintage shops. Love that. Love that. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's talk about a little bit about your your current pieces. So we talked about inclusive sizing and your site boasts about your clothes being elevated comfort, which I totally agree with. So what makes your line special and stand out from other brands? I think what makes us special is definitely the elevated version of our simple pieces. Like they're so simple. They're not over trendy. They're not, there's not a bunch of cuts and all. It's just very simple silhouettes that work with so many different types of bodies. And then the fact that you can elevate it to your choice is what makes it so special and unique. You know, you can wear one of our pieces when you're pregnant. You can wear it to a wedding. I mean, there's so many, there's the ranges, like just, it's, it's, it's never ending. And so I think that definitely sets us apart. Also, the fact that there's such, so much comfort, you don't really expect to find so much comfort in pieces that are not like sweats and, you know, athleisure wear. Like these are pieces that you can actually, you can attend or be working an event in one of these pieces or in the courthouse you know, and you wear, you're wearing one of these pieces and you just feel really good. So I think the versatility in the pieces and the lifetime style and comfort and value is just, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And 
we have such a strong community of women that are committed to the brand. They buy it, they purchase it, they refer it, we recommend it to their friends, their coworkers. And I think it just basically just from the women, they they speak it all. They're, they are what makes the brand the brand, you know. So when you hear customers saying how it's changed and impacted their lives in such positive, comfortable, fashionable ways, and that just, that is what it is. It's a comfortable, casual, elevated look. I love it so much. I mean, I am a huge fan of yours and a huge fan of getting away with clothes that look really polished, but feel like pajamas. (laughs) So I I feel like you have that on lock. I mean, I've been rocking. I have a short sleeve, like mock turtleneck dress. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've been wearing that, you know, in my house while I lounge and, you know, it looks good. I can go out and about my day and also be so comfortable. I love it. I see you too. You look great in it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I love that there is so much room to grow. Like, I mean, like you said, like, I mean, I could, you know, no plans to get pregnant right now, but you know, it would, it would grow with me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, no, seriously, like you can definitely, that will work. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about your sustainability practices. Okay. Yeah. Tell the listeners what makes your company sustainable and your values surrounding that. Okay. So my take on sustainability is a little unique. I, for one, if you talk to me, I definitely have like the cotton collection is definitely like paying homage to my ancestors and our relationship with cotton and just the different, just our connections to cotton and, and that that's one aspect of things. But in terms of like practice and sustainability, we have, I'm huge on recycling, repurpose a lot of fabrics. I love to do that actually, which allows us to have small batches, but still it's like limited fun pieces that we've upcycled, repurposed, I'm sorry. Um, and then also just some of our fabric choices, all are not sustainable 100%, but we are moving towards that. That is our, our long-term goal. But for now, you know, we, we definitely have really comfortable, casual and sustainable fabric options. And I just love to make do of things that are, you know, that are, I'm all about waste not. So we, we basically pretty much recycle as much as possible. So, and we've been, we've been doing that for for, since the beginning of time. And yeah, and then I guess that's about it. And then our cotton collection, that's a fairly new brand and that's all cotton, organic cotton pieces. And our masks are actually an extension of the cotton collection, which is really cool. So we've got like the sustainable mask. And you're keeping everything pretty local, right? Your factories are in Oakland and you go to just LA to get your fabric. Yeah. So go. Yeah. So beyond that, yeah. So everything's local. Everything is local. Our factory. We even have some small in-house sewing as well. So we're definitely like a local local brand. Awesome. And then like many sustainable brands are working towards these sort of seasonless lines, especially you know in places like California with mild year-round climates. Can you talk a little bit more about your clothes being available year-round and like good for year-round wear? Oh, yes. Our mission has, that's always been our thing. We've never, I've never had collection, like seasonal collections. So I always, because our pieces are so, they're just a part of your life. Like, you know, like it's like women can truly count on these pieces. A lot of our customers, they travel, they're mothers, they're entrepreneurs, they're professionals, and they need pieces that they can rely on. And so because of that, we pretty much built all of our designs and our looks and around that type of woman and her life and her journey. And so because of that, we've never, ever had like, oh, spring or, you know, <laughs> winter 
I was always against that when, even when people would say, hey, you know, you need to do four collections a year. And I'm like, no, nah, not really. You just need to switch up some colors, eliminate some styles, maybe add one or two. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do. So that has that is not a new thing. That's what we've always done since the launch of Taylor J. And that's because a lot of our pieces are staple. They're staple pieces that they're always buying. And if they don't have it in that color, if we add a new color, they'll buy it in that color. So yeah, we're we're definitely seasonless in a good way. <laughs> Love that. Let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about shelter in place. So I know that you had signed a lease on the store right before shelter in place. How has this experience been as a store retailer and a small business? <laughs> wow, well, that was a big loaded question. <laughs> right, that whole situation. Okay, so first of all, this was a pop up. We were pop. We were a partnering pop up with my old partner, which we had a space together before in 2017. And so we ended up doing a pop up here, and then it ended up just being just me. After a couple months, it was just my just Taylor J. And so. We stayed for about six months and then at the top of the year, we were like, you know, we really like it here. The community loves us and our customers want to have, you know, they, they love the idea of them being able to come and shop in store. And so we decided we're, we're going to just stay here and we'll just lock in the lease. And so after negotiating for about a month or so, we came to an agreement and everything was finalized. And then shelter in place came about. And so we're like, oh gosh. Now we've got rent in a you know storefront, and so and we can't open it. And all of our calendar plans and events that we were ready to roll out are you know pretty much voided out. And so that was just like a, oh my gosh, what do we do? So I will be honest with you, there was like a week or two full of filled with anxiety, stress, tears, and like what are we about to do? What are we going to do? (laughs) Right. And those questions still exist. Just so you know, we're still asking those questions because, you know, things are still up in the air with life in the world. But immediately my first response was, or my first thoughts were like, oh my gosh, okay, we have to, the entrepreneurial world and space in our community has to stay connected. We've got to let our supporters know those that our customers, those that can afford and are not affected by, you know, financially, we've got to let them know that we really need them. And let's just kind of rotate and share that network within our businesses. And so that was my thought process. Like, let me just connect with all of my different friends that own businesses. Let's share each other's, you know, our share our, our customer base and just stay positive. And that was just all I was thinking about in the very beginning. And then when, you know, there was like hospital shortages and all of the things that were happening with masks and ventilators and all that. I was just was like, okay, so maybe we should make some face covers, not to protect from COVID because they're not N95s, but to cover the N95s because we have so much fabric cotton left over from the cotton 2019 collection. And so that was my immediate pivot and like, okay, we'll make and we'll donate. We'll make, we'll donate, you know? And so that pretty much took a whole new direction of things and it became our new focus. And it was like, what were we doing every day? And it just basically turned into a whole new type of business situation for us. And so that was our distraction from the fact that we have a store that we can't even open that has rent. So that I would say that was, it's been an emotional roller coaster and it's been quite unique, but we are pushing through. And how is the, how are the masks going? I mean, I see so many people 
out and about wearing your masks. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of popular. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing great. We don't donate anymore. We had to stop that because, okay. of course, you know, we had to be able to survive, right? So we're like, oh, we're, we, we, but the first couple months we did. And so now we're just still providing the face covers. I feel now like the face, the face covers are almost like a intro to our brand for people. Like they get mm. a little snippet, a little sample of what the Taylor J is because it's just an extension of what we already, what we've been doing for so long. And that is, has been providing comfort to people, you know, on a universal level. And so the, from, from the mask making immediately, I, I thought about like, wow, everyone's working from home. People are, those that can work, people are, you know, really becoming a lot more lax than they've ever been. And this is what we've always been about. We've always been a comfortable brand that was, you know, universal and it worked for you traveling, it worked for whatever you were doing. And so my first thought was, oh my gosh, we cannot get lost in the sauce because now all these other companies are going to try to pivot to what we've already been doing. So that's when I decided to come up with the work from home edition, which is basically us highlighting women, our customers, and showing them during the pandemic from home. And so we, we actually shoot them. The photographer, Sean Johnson, he and I, we, we meet with the, the customer and we actually interview them beforehand. And then we shoot them in their home wearing Taylor J from social distancing. So we shoot from the outside. He does. I don't, I'm not a photographer. And we highlight and we share the story of them and what their, what their experience is during the pandemic and how they are pushing through while wearing Taylor J. So the work from home is something that we will continue for the rest of the year. It highlights our customers, it highlights real people, and it also pretty much shows off our clothing and how it is, it, how it just, it's reliable even through a pandemic. Yeah, it's been so beautiful to see all those customer highlights. I think, you know, a lot of people are not highlighting their customers and not necessarily highlighting real people during a very real life situation. So that's been really inspiring and yeah, awesome to see. Yes, yes. It's been really fun. I think we've all learned a lot in the past five, four months, really. What has this all taught you? We'll talk about Black Lives Matter in a moment, but what has this taught you about being so quick on your feet, pivoting your business? What have you learned from this so far? Oh, I've learned that I'm really an entrepreneur. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's <laughs> what <laughs> one of my mentors tells me. He's like, you are truly an entrepreneur. I just want you to know that. But it has taught me that never get too comfortable, you know, always be ready to shift and make changes and don't be afraid. I think it kind of allows you to to trust your intuition, trust your gut and to be quick to make a change. Like don't be stuck so stuck in your ways or your practices that you're not, you know, open to switching things up a little bit because you never know what can happen. Because I talked myself out of making the face covers like three or four, maybe five times. I've been wanting to make a face cover since January and I just didn't do it. And then in February, I still was like, uh, even my hairdresser, we would talk about it. She was like, Taylor, just do them. Like she would send me text messages. And I was like, oh, I don't have time. And then even when I did decide to do it, I was going back and forth. Like I was really wishy-washy with it because I just didn't know if I wanted to put the energy into it. And also I was allowing the fear of like, you know, the pandemic kind of take over me, you know, like, oh, I don't want to really want to risk myself trying to work and, you know, become really tired and, you know, compromise my immune system, just all these thoughts. And so I think that what it's taught me is, is like, 
trust your gut, trust your intuition, and be ready to make a move. And don't be afraid of change. Sometimes change can be really good. And and don't be afraid to tap into some things that some ideas from the past, like right now is the perfect opportunity to tap into those old journals or those notebooks you've, you've jotted things down and that you just never really acted on. It's like, you know, those could be the big ideas that are just sitting in that notebook waiting for you to, you know, remember them. I love that. So how do you think that this experience can sort of translate for maybe new designers and small businesses that are starting out? How do you think that, what sort of advice can you take from this to, you know, just take the leap of beginning or starting? Yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer on this. I always say this to people that ask me questions. I always say it doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be done. So you don't have to, you can start where you are and build from there. But what you need most of all is you need to have the trust and belief in yourself. And you have to be able to work and do the work and learn and ask questions and fail. Failure is something that we all need, I think, as much as possible, like, because that's the only way that we learn is when we fail. And so I think that my biggest, the biggest thing I can say is to, it doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to be done. So if you know you have something that the people will love and you believe it, just work on perfecting it, make it better, always be ready to make it better and just get it done. Just go out there and do it. There's so many resources right now. And I feel like now it's just, it's just all about us doing the work and consistently doing the work because you got to put in work for a long time. Like we're putting in work right now. This is just work, 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 right? <laughs> like we're putting in work. <laughs> so that would be my advice to any up and coming or aspiring designers, especially right now, people are kind of sitting still and people are paying attention a lot more. So, and I said this just last week or a week ago that, what I like about right now is there's really no difference between personal and professional, like professional, like, like you get to kind of mix the two together. Like, you know, I think that everyone is on such a more of an emotional level right now that people are not, they're not just being so judgy, you know, people are not like, it's just different right now. So this is a perfect time for anyone, in my opinion. Yeah, I think there's less pressure to be perfect right now. Like even at the beginning of Shelter in Place when some of my yoga teacher friends or whatever, you know, hopped on Zoom and we could see everyone's, you know, houses and it wasn't professionally, like professionally recorded in like a yoga studio, you know, like I think people have space to be real. And I think that there's, there's some value in that. There's some ability to test and be flexible and try out things and be less perfect. So I think it is really a good time to experiment and to try. Yeah, definitely. Don't be afraid to try. That's all we can do right now. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. Okay, so you and I are both Virgos. Yes. <laughs> can we talk maybe about organizational skills and balance? How do you keep track of everything you have to do in your biz? And how do you create balance between your work and your personal life? <laughs> Virgos, we're crazy, right? We are definitely unique. I guess you would say I'm what you kind of call a workaholic. So I don't always know when to turn work off. I'm working on that still right now. And I actually am getting ready to venture into riding bicycles. So I'm actually shopping for bikes right now. (laughs) So that's going to be my way of kind of learning to like turn off 
work and just like, focus on like just me aside from work. So that's something that I, I've been working for so long since I was young, since I was under 18. So for me, that's kind of the only thing I really know how to do is work. You know, I'm like the person that hires the clean, the housekeeper, but cleans up with her. Like <laughs> that's, that would be me. <laughs> like, seriously. So I'm, I'm a little different, but I, I'm really working on that because it's important to kind of separate the, you know, to balance things out. And so I'm not the best at that. So if you have any pointers and tips or suggestions, please send them my way because <laughs> that is an area where I'm losing. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about a little bit more about the biz side of things. I am also someone who has a hard time resting, but I try really hard to rest. Right. But so how how do you, what is like your number one organizational tip? Like, how do you keep track of everything in your business? Maybe talk a little bit about your team right now and some systems you have. I know it's you and your daughter, but you have a couple other people working for you, right? Yeah, but we're, yes, we do. We, we are currently going through, we actually have someone that's coming through to kind of help get us organized. I'm actually hiring a service to do that because we are growing. So it's gone from just being like my daughter and I to where we you know, we kind of, we can do things through Google Docs and all of those things. And to where now we have multiple people. And so we've got, I think maybe like three people shipping right now. And then we've got a few other people doing other things. So we are actually undergoing like a whole like little organizational remix from a, a company. So you have to ask me that later because <laughs> you see how well we do. <laughs> because I mean, we literally are going from like mom and pop type to where, oh, we actually have like some staff, you know? So this is a a new situation for us. Well, that's amazing. I mean, congrats. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, scaling is a whole thing. I mean, how did you know that you needed help? Well, the first thing we need help is we have the orders. Like Brenda and I were trying to do the orders ourselves. And then we realized the orders are still coming in and they're getting more intense. And like, okay, well let's get someone else and I'm working like nonstop, exhausted, tired. And we just, we needed, we just need help to have things done. And also we actually have someone that's over our customer service because to me, customer service is like right there. It's just as important as the product. And so once you start to get a little bit busy, customer service issues, there can be issues with customers if, if you don't handle them right. So my immediately thought, my immediate thought was we need someone to communicate with the customers and make sure that they're, you know, they're heard and that we're getting things to them that they need. And we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we're fulfilling them properly all around across the board. So that was like really, really major important for me. So we don't don't have any issues in that. And that's actually another reason why we're not opening the store for the summer. So we can pretty much get a great like handle on our e-commerce and we don't mess up from having like an open store and e-commerce, you know, it would just be a, a bit much. That's fair. That's awesome though. That's an exciting thing to have someone else come in and sort of show you the ropes to organize things so you can scale. That's awesome. Yes, it's we need it. That's it's best because things can get crazy and then it you kind of can't you can't correct that. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, well let's talk about, you know, being a black woman in fashion. The fashion industry is still very white dominant. Can you talk a little bit about your experience? Maybe talk about the beginning and fundraising and how how the current climate informs, you know, your leadership in the fashion world. Oh, okay. Well, being a black woman in the fashion industry 
that's interesting because it's like you're you better really work really hard to be seen and sometimes you're not seen at all i i definitely know that and right now people you know right now actually it's interesting how easy it is to take a look at something and it be something that you would love but you didn't look at it because it just wasn't something that you were just interested in right so I don't know. I have very much unique feelings on this because I've experienced so much being black in fashion and just, you know, not being, I guess, someone's type or whatever the case and just, you know, but now that people are pretty much kind of reaching out and 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 looking into new companies and trying to collaborate with black brands and bring them on board and be inclusive, you know, that's nice. I think it's awesome. I just hope that it's genuine and it's long lasting because I mean, it's what should have always been done. Like there's no way I look at a company and say, Oh, the owner is white. I'm not going to even buy it. You know, like it's like, if I like it, I'm going to buy it. So, you know, I just hope that that energy, this energy that people are putting out, because if they don't, they're getting shut down and people are going against them. I hope that they're, it's real true practices because I, there's so many scenarios where you're like, wow, like there's one boutique in particular that I know, I won't say the name, but they put a post up and they were talking about how they're going to do all these things incorporate into their practices. And then they tagged me. And this is the same boutique that I have asked to be carried in so many times and down to even, Hey, can we do 30 days? You know, like net, like always, I just was always trying to reach out. Like there's old messages from long time. And I just was like, wow, this is how backwards are you? Like you never even paid attention to me. And, you know, and you tag, so it's, it's like a, it's good and bad. It's like, you're happy, but you just want people to like genuinely from the core, learn to be good people. And that's really what it is at the end of the day, you know? So that's what makes the true difference. And definitely I've been seeing a lot of like, I've always had a lot of good supporters, so I don't, can't complain there. And I've always had a very diverse clientele base. Like, you know, like I've just, to me, I'm like all women. Like if you're a, an amazing woman that wants to feel comfortable and wants to look good, you're my customer. You know, like you're a good woman. So I, it doesn't matter. But we've kind of always had like that community. But now, you know, people are just kind of tapping in, touching in, touching base and seeing it. And I always knew that my brand was for a lot of different women. They just needed to see it. Like I never doubted that, you know, I didn't have that. I, I just knew I just needed to get in the eyes of different people, different places, and just like more eyes on the brand and then that will work. But I don't know. It's very interesting. Everything's interesting. Everything is just, you know, it's, I don't, I don't even know words to describe it, but it's very interesting. And for me, my position as a black woman is that, Hey, you know, there's some, I know some other black amazing makers too. So when I have conversations with certain people, I'm bringing along friends. I'm mentioning friends. I'm sending over website addresses. Hey, check them out too. You know, because I don't want to be the one person. I want you to, you know, actually bring these people or check them out. And like, there should, it should be equal. Like, you know, like it can't just be me. Like, oh, okay, your aesthetic is beautiful. We want you. you know, like, you've got elevated fashion. Oh, you're sustainable too. Oh, like, you're great. Okay, so that's good. But let, let's, open the door for others too. So I definitely want my position to be, I want to be accepted by everyone, 
because that's just how I've been. I want to, everyone that's for me, let me be for you. But also I'm going to champion and, and speak up for my community too, because that's just what I'm about and what my beliefs are. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> it does. I love that. I mean, I think that's a beautiful thing that when, you know, retailers or whoever reaches out to you that you're like, yes, and here's five other people that you should also include. I think that's oh. awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to be just the one, you know, like that's just not going to fly with me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. So what's next for Taylor J? What does the rest of 2020 and beyond look like for you all? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't <laughs> that, I guess that we all need to know that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an idea for that one. What would you like it to look like? What would you like 2020 and 2021 to look like for you? I'm just, well, 2020, I want all of this violence and hate and, you know, to stop. Of course, I want it to end. I want us to continue to fight and gain some control over those that have power that do not deserve it. And I just want us to, you know, turn this world upside down. And I'm in support of all of what they're doing, you know, protesting and, and against the hate. That is what I wish as a black woman. I wish that like I wake up and that's just all I'm thinking of right now, because at this moment, I just see so much pain and hurt and danger from my community that it's hard for me to really just map out a plan for things, you know, other than just doing what I do best and keep, you know, making amazing, elevated, comfortable clothing. But, you know, there's two, there's so many different levels to what's going on right now, but that's what I want for remainder of 2020. And we're just going to keep on, you know, doing what we're doing now for now, just like we'll, our work from home will of course be elevated. That will be something that we will re- we'll really focus on a lot more, just kind of highlighting our customers. And 2021, you know, we just are our goal is to have our storefront back our open with the new sign because this will be like our new year. Our actual, <laughs> we can actually be open like our first year and just holding space for other makers and all the things that we want to do, you know, where people are able to be educated and then we're just able to empower women. And we just want to make our space a safe space for women to feel good about themselves and also for younger girls. So we had all these plans for something that I I hold dear to my heart, which is empowering the youth. So in 2021, I definitely want to tap into that once we're all safe and we're not running from COVID, Corona, you know, just want to get through this seriously. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, Taylor, this has been so lovely talking. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, yes. You can shop with us right now online. Our website is www.taylorjcollection.com. Our Instagram is shoptaylorj. Same thing, shoptaylorj. And the J is J-A-Y. And you can shop on our website. We are in Oakland, California. If you are local, we are not open to the public. However, you can shop online and we have an entire easy, seamless curbside pickup process that you will be contacted with the instructions and directions once you make a purchase. We have amazing face covers, so come grab one. (laughs) Yay. And we'll put up all this info in our show notes so you'll have easy access to it. Thank you so much, Taylor. It was a pleasure. Likewise. I miss seeing you. I know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. 
see you next time.